This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. This movie kind of fell on my lap, actually. I hadn't heard of it before I had seen it. I had been recommended this movie by a friend of mine. Uh, She was dating a guy who was also really into horror movies when we were in college, and they had watched this one, and she said, oh, I think you'd really like this movie, and uh, she was not wrong. It's just like a sweet little feel-good horror comedy. Yeah, I actually think Zach recommended we watch this. I I think it just turned up on Netflix and he read a little bit about it and was like, this sounds good. And we just watched it. Like, I always enjoy when I get to experience a movie and I wasn't expecting to. And then it ends up being really good, which was how I felt about this movie. This movie definitely exceeds expectations. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's critically acclaimed. Made no money. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Sad. We are talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It had a very limited release. It came out in 2010 in the film festival circuit, which is where it got its good reviews. But it had an extremely limited release in the U.S. in 2011. Not a lot of theaters. And so its budget was $5 million and its box office was basically $5 million. Oh, so. my gosh. How sad. <laughs> yeah. I have to imagine <laughs> that it's got like a long second life because of how critically acclaimed it is, which I think would technically make it a cult classic. It's also a Canadian film, which I think is why I had never heard of it or seen any marketing for it. It just sort of appeared. Do you remember this being advertised? I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this was just so under the radar. And it's funny because I think that, you know, Alan Tudyk is in in this. And he is. I love him. He's so good. I feel like he's just in so many movies and TV shows. And he's got like a lot of nerd cred. (laughs) <laughs> for like the Firefly, stuff he's exactly. Night's Tale. Yeah, he's fun. He's a fun actor. I really enjoy him. I do too. And, and this like feels like he's playing against type in this movie, maybe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so I think of him as like a big name or a recognizable person. And so it's kind of funny when you have a movie like this where it's just so under the radar with someone who's like pretty well known. Yeah. He's the only person I had ever heard of in this movie. I actually am not familiar with any of the other actors that we have. And there's a lot. There's so many people in this movie. It's crazy. (laughs) We were talking recently about Zombieland, which has a very, very tight cast. And so they all have to gel super well. This movie has like 4x the number of people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, even the the director Eli Craig, he he did this movie, and he also did Little Evil, which came out a couple years ago, another horror movie. 
but he he's done some smaller things too so he's not like a big like a-list director i mean this is a diamond in the rough let's let's hear the plot so we can dive in yes so we have our two redneck friends tucker and dale (laughs) sorry Who <laughs> are have planned a backwoods vacation because they've gone in together to buy a vacation cabin to Kate. fix up. I know, I know. I, we you, have to talk about this. You have to let me get through the summary, but like I'm, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and their their buddy trip just takes a total turn for the worse when they run into this group of ignorant college students who suicidal college students. <laughs> sorry i'm ruining your 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 summary we just love this movie we do we do they mistake them for a pair of murderous hillbillies because they kind of look like murderous hillbillies and dale you know he develops a crush on one of the college girls and just at every possible moment where their intentions can be misunderstood by these college kids they are and every time a college kid can accidentally die or be killed they do (laughs) (laughs) it's just a super super funny movie the main antagonist of this movie is a guy named jad of course his name's jad his name's jad he is the group quote-unquote leader and he just got a ton of issues and he really has it out for our dear dear dale and tucker and so he's got this kind of vendetta against them this whole movie from the get-go and that's where we are. <laughs> I'm so sorry for all the interruptions. <laughs> well, I do want to talk about like this movie. It's I mean, it's a comedy. It's a horror. Um, but I feel like it's so much more than that. It is. There's a lot of heart in this movie. This is mm-hmm. it's a really easy movie to fall in love with. The main characters are so lovable. They're so sweet. They care about each other. They care about the kids in this movie for whatever reason. There's a lot of themes or a lot of threads that tie into this theme of not judging a book by its cover. So it's it's got a lot going on in, yes. this, in this thing. Yeah. There's a lot of growth in this movie. There's a lot of heart. Heart is the perfect word for this. I really felt like this was a good buddy movie. Like a oh my god! Like a, just a yes. great buddy romp. Like their friendship is so pure and so sweet. <laughs> it is, and you know they're also like dudes about it. You know they kind of uh, Tucker kind of ribs Dale quite a bit, but in a loving way. Like he wants Dale to do better. He wants Dale to get the girl and to feel confident. Mm-hmm. And yes, I just love it. I yeah. love that he's a wingman for Dale. I like that he's trying to push him to do more and be better. Dale is just this very, like, sweet teddy bear of a character. Yes. He's (laughs) so cute. I love him so much. They're, like, living the the best friend's dream, Kate. I have this fantasy, you know, of us going in on, like, a vacation home together or, like, getting to be next-door neighbors or something, right? And that's I'm so jealous that they get this little vacation home together it's so nice I know it's it's so sweet that they have this plan to fix up this cabin um that is obviously (laughs) 
<laughs> been previously owned by a serial killer. It's so funny, like just what these guys <laughs> yes. are willing to overlook in this movie. <laughs> I guess just a little dusty. They're also so oblivious as to what they look like or how they come across right. to other people. Right. They're just, you know, uh, Tucker's like, just be yourself. Like, just, you know, laugh or be calm or whatever. And Dale walks over to the to the kids with a sickle in his hand. And he's just doing this maniacal laughter because he's so <laughs> nervous <laughs> and is so confused about why they run away. It's it's so innocent. They keep doing that the whole movie. So it's it, it really builds up why these teenagers are so off-put by these two who are just trying to have a good time in their vacation home. And then you get Allison, who spends the most time with them out of all of the college students and, you know, is won over by their charms. I can't blame her. So, you you know, you said this is a buddy movie. I would also classify it as a rom-com. <laughs> You get to watch these two uh, have a relationship grow. I mean, he doesn't kidnap her. He's taking care of her, right? Like he he makes her pancakes. And when he thinks that she doesn't like pancakes, he makes her a completely new breakfast. <laughs> that would win me over. <laughs> I I just like how... You know, just by nature of spending time with them, especially with Dale, that Allison comes around yeah. to the to the point where she ends up like helping them with <laughs> renovations around the cabin while she's waiting for her friends to come. <laughs> right. <laughs> to like get their shit together and come come pick her up. They play board games and they even do some outdoor activities. They dig a shitter hole together. It's yep. it's just so adorable. <laughs> it's the best first date ever. It also is not always a horror movie. And what I mean by that is it just depends on whose eyes you're looking through while you're watching this movie. Dale and Tucker are just having some guy time. They they don't they're not worried like nothing nothing abnormal is really happening. It's the kids who turn this into a horror movie. <laughs> they see it as a horror experience. It is like a self-fulfilling prophecy with these college kids because they really get this terrible first impression of these guys, and then they just let their imaginations run rampant. <laughs> they try to be heroes in a situation where no heroes are required. Right. That just leads to them getting killed. It's a mess for these college kids. It is. We have to go through the kill count because it's so hilarious. It's it's just these kids not understanding what's going on around them. And that's why it's a horror movie. That's pretty much it. Like the, there's no reason for any of this, any of the horror elements to be happening. <laughs> I will say that I can be a little paranoid about some things because I've seen so many horror movies. Yeah. And I don't want to be the person who is a horror movie fan, runs a horror movie podcast, and then gets killed in my own home by a serial killer. Like, I just don't <laughs> yeah, want no. that to be how I go. So I'm very, very aware of my surroundings around things. And I feel like if I were one of these kids, I could totally get caught up in like the group thing that they're caught up in and be like, oh, totally. we need to be 
on guard around these murderous looking hillbillies. (laughs) It's so funny. When she falls in the water, Dale is trying to be such a gentleman and not look right. He's like, we're not peeping Toms. We were just out fishing and, you know, they rescue her. They they pull her out of the water and they're like, we got your friend. <laughs> we got your friend. They're like, come pick her up. And everybody runs away screaming. I, th- I thought that was so funny. And I was trying to imagine if I was in the water, if I was one of those kids, I would I have reacted that way? I don't know. I Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't understand why they're fishing at night. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you called that out because I wrote down the same thing. That seemed so weird to me. But (laughs) there's a but, Kate. (laughs) I had to look it up because, yeah, I thought it was weird. Night fishing is apparently a thing. Wouldn't the fish be asleep? I don't understand. I don't think I understand (laughs) how fishing works. (laughs) Have you ever been fishing, Kate? I have when I was like seven. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like to one of those like fishing farms where everybody comes away with a fish. Uh, No, that probably would have been better. But my grandparents lived outside of Olympia in Washington Mm. and they it was a little bit rural. They had some some lakes and rivers and so fished a couple of times up there. But Yeah. yeah, I mean good wholesome childhood memories but (laughs) I didn't like leave that experience with an understanding of how fishing works same (laughs) yeah I had a very similar experience and whenever I went fishing it was always at the butt crack of dawn it sucked you'd have to get up Mm -hmm. like 4 a.m it was cold and dark and that's when you would go fishing so I guess fishing at night it's actually not a bad plan the fish are not asleep at that time. That's actually when they're more active. Oh, um, good I think know. they're. I think it's somewhat crepuscular in nature, which is it. probably why we fish when we fish. <laughs> but no, night fishing is a thing. It's it's cooler. It's less crowded. The fish are more active. So that that scene actually made sense. <laughs> we just were out of the loop. <laughs> Uh, I wonder how many other movies we've watched where we've been like, that doesn't make any sense. And just, yeah, we don't know anything about what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But I can see, I can definitely see why the kids would have been weirded out by it because it does seem weird. It seems weird to see two dudes in a boat fishing, like in the dark and not making themselves known while Mm -hmm. these kids are, are skinny dipping. It can, I could see that being creepy. Yeah. It's, it's like a misunderstanding where it's like you can understand both sides of it it just like spirals out of control (laughs) yeah and starts to lead to some of the deaths that we have because after they save Allison um, and bring her back that's when the rest of the kids are like we have to go get Allison and like that really is what puts them at odds with each other right and uh, if they had just like gone and done that this everything would have been fine (laughs) They, they're like, isn't the first death them kind of like scouting out around the house? They're trying to draw straws at who has to go and knock. And what happens is there's a, a chainsaw chase scene, right? That's the first death. It is. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) Tucker gets attacked by bees. Oh my God. Is it bees? 
Yeah, it's like bees or hornets or something. And so he's like mortal enemies running like a madman trying to get these bees off of him while while the chainsaw is going. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, assuming even if there's no people in the woods with you, like that just seems dangerous to do to yourself. (laughs) Just maniacally running around with a chainsaw in the air. Like what? What if you trip? I know. And the kids see this. They take off into the woods, of course. And Mitch, our first death, he's not paying attention to where he's going. And he um, accidentally impales himself on a branch. (laughs) Oh, my God. I screamed the first time I saw this. I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that. (laughs) I love the death scenes in this movie. They're so so surprising. They're so gory. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay so the second death is another impalement and I was like wait is like every death in this movie gonna be an impalement that's what I thought too <laughs> which I thought would have been really funny <laughs> I also like how the the mood changes like once they die the music is different like the lighting's a little different it it takes on like this horror skin mm-hmm. and you're like Oh, okay. So this is like, this is the horror part. Like, cause up to that point, it's very funny. Yes. <laughs> the misunderstanding is, is the joke, right? Like it's the thread, but then, oh wait, somebody actually died. That's, that's not good. <laughs> Let's change the music. And then it gets funny again because Tucker yeah. and Dale like see these things happening and they're like, oh my God, these kids are killing themselves all around us. <laughs> they think it's like a cult. <laughs> and then Tucker is covered in Tucker gets increasingly gross, grosser and grosser throughout this movie because he like he's the one that keeps getting hurt mm-hmm. and Dale is hanging out with Allie like he's having a good time. But now like Tucker is covered in horrible stinger welts like yes. all over yeah, his he face. Looks he terrible. looks frightening. <laughs> and Dale's like, go you talk to the college kids. You're better at that. You're better at talking. and. <laughs> the thought of sending that guy out to make friends is pretty hilarious. It's so bad. The third death is the wood chipper death. Okay. Yeah. We get a nice little Fargo uh, nod. Oh, yes. Fargo. Oh, my gosh. This one's so much worse, though. I mean. Oh, yeah. It's bad. I mean, t- Tucker is like. I guess, trying to help him out of the wood chipper, but just seems to be like pushing him into it more. (laughs) He just seems like he doesn't know what to do. This is insane. Like this doesn't happen normally. And what a horrible way to go, by the way. Ugh. Like, I mean, I think he probably should have just shut the machine off. (laughs) Same with the chainsaw. Should have shut the machine off. But I think that he goes in like head first or like there's like no saving this guy. No, no. It 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 all is pointless, but I <laughs> the guy needs to turn off his power tools. <laughs> Who dies next? The sheriff it's, dies. We have a Chekhov. Right. We have a Chekhov's gun in the cabin at the beginning of the movie. Uh this cabin's really dilapidated and they need to do work on it and they know that there's this loose beam and the sheriff comes into the house to try and like just figure out what's going on because this guy knows Tucker and Dale. He warned them at the beginning of the movie. The kids had called him 
And so he's like, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to talk to them. And he goes inside and almost immediately gets killed by his loose beam. <laughs> goes through his head. Yeah. And I'm so glad they did that because it's the it's it turns that classic like everybody's doing the wrong thing. Why doesn't somebody just approach this thing normally? Like with a with a straight head, right? And he does that. He goes in to talk to these people and and you think, okay, this will all be over now because now they can just there will be an understanding nope cop gets it too (laughs) there's no help for these people i know it's everything that can go wrong for for these guys all of them does go wrong like if they can get killed they do get killed and it just makes tucker and dale look increasingly guiltier like every time someone dies like they just look guiltier and guiltier yeah. It makes me like genuinely worried for them as I'm watching this movie. I know. Like what's going to happen when the police eventually do show up and this is all over and look at there's like crap everywhere, like dead bodies. And, you know, they they have. I guess they have some weapons, right? Like they have a chainsaw and all this <laughs> other stuff going on. So it does not look good for them. I feel bad. It does. Feel bad for them. I mean, even when you think that they have the upper hand on Tucker and Dale, like when Chuck gets the gun and is kind of holding holding them hostage, he accidentally shoots himself. Oh my God. And I that know. one I was like, oh good. The yes. the like kids who are left saw him accidentally shoot himself. Like they would know. Like <laughs> or like few. <laughs> yeah. They would know it wasn't them for that one at least. The four other deaths sure <laughs> maybe it was them <laughs> but at least this last one wasn't yeah poor naomi she gets mutilated by a weed whacker and then eventually dies in a fiery explosion i was kind of thankful for that fiery explosion in the cabin it was very bittersweet i will say that uh a lot of evidence against Tucker and Dale probably (laughs) went away due to that explosion and I was like okay like maybe this is going to help their case but then also I was like all these guys in their buddy cabin like I know what are they gonna do now (laughs) I really really hope they were insured I mean you think they were they're in Appalachia do is that like required (laughs) do you have to insure your homes out there you know because these guys break so many stereotypes I'm going to just assume that these hillbillies got insurance and that they'll be fine okay great that makes me feel better (laughs) me too (laughs) i want them to start their buddy cabin over immediately after this film is over (laughs) i know i want them to actually finally make tucker and dale too (laughs) oh yeah that would be good we have a not quite dead death with chad at the end and chad ends up being our big bad because he's just like on this hell-bent mission against Tucker and Dale, it doesn't even matter that Allison has sat them all down to explain the situation. It doesn't doesn't matter that he understands that Tucker and Dale aren't trying to kill these guys. He just has this vendetta against hillbillies because of this massacre that took place like 20 years before. A very specific vendetta. <laughs> I know. Um, and... He kidnaps Allison and takes her to a lumber mill. There's like the end sequence is a little crazy. <laughs> it's insane, yeah. And he ends up getting like 
throne or like jumps out of a window or something and you think he's dead but then it turns out he's not dead (laughs) so he doesn't count because he does get he does uh get found and arrested at the end of this movie but you think he might be dead for a little bit right that's when the movie truly becomes a horror like there is malice in this kid's heart and he and there's no questioning like somebody is trying to hurt another person here yes he he has this like vendetta against hillbillies which is such a funny like concept (laughs) because 20 years prior his mom was a survivor of this Appalachian massacre uh, where he was told that his father was killed and this massacre was like enacted by a bunch of hillbillies. I love the twist though. Yes. (laughs) It turns out that Chad, our Chad actually has the hillbilly gene. His father was a hillbilly. His father was a hillbilly. (laughs) No. I know. I love that they're like, you have hillbilly genes. (laughs) A hillbilly blood in him. It's so good. (laughs) I thought that there was, yeah, that end sequence with him, you know, strapping Allison to the sawmill, like, and that (laughs) whole scene is very saw. It's very, very horror. Um, everything that Chad does, like, is increasingly horrific. I mean, when they catch Tucker and he cuts off his fingers. Oh, that's right. Oh, I know. Ugh. I was like, oh, I didn't think this movie was going to go there. I, <laughs> I mean, like, it went there for the kids, right? But I didn't think, uh, I didn't think our heroes were going to get hurt. <laughs> so that kind of shocked me when that happened. I, I always find that scene where they actually cut off his fingers to be very shocking. It makes me so sad because he's such a good friend. He's, he's a really a nice good guy. person. I know. It's yeah. This movie does a really good job of like walking that line between comedy and horror because when I generally think of this movie, I think of how funny it is. And then right. when you watch it, there are some things like some of the deaths are quite brutal, getting your fingers cut off. Like some of it's Ugh. really like intense and brutal. Yeah awful well this movie had a lot of gags and it had a good amount of horror in it too so i think we should uh we should start talking about our top three uh let's start with jokes oh my gosh there's so many there are (laughs) we uh talked about one of them that i had in my top three already so i'll just i'll just give it a little little shout out but then I'll, i'll name three additional ones sure Dale at the beginning when he's got his scythe <laughs> yes, <laughs> to go ask the girl out. Like, why did he bring it with him? <laughs> he's so I know. oblivious. It's like, be yourself, be yourself. <laughs> just take over whatever you're holding in your hand. Yeah, I love that scene. I know. It's just so, so like tropey too of like, I mean, this is something that we saw in Cabin in the Woods, right? Like those yeah. college kids ran into the creepy local and uh, right. get kind of spooked and go on their way. And this is exactly that. But he just wants to ask her on a date. I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> he just wants to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> My other comedy moments, the writing in this is just so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're trying to move the guy who got wood chippered, they just like say, oh, he's heavy for half a guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Also, when Tucker is, or no, when Dale is pulling the body off of Tucker, he like slides it over his whole head, right? <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> He's happy for half a guy. Yeah, that's a great line. Such a good line. Another line I liked was when the college kids, I think it's when they run across the first body, those impaled. And one of the guys goes, they left his body here as a message. <laughs> they just start making up shit. They just they just let their imaginations run wild. They, <laughs> I just thought that that delivery was really good, too. My favorite comedy moment, because it's just like so, so silly, is Tucker and Dale want to leave a message for the college kids that they have Allison <laughs> and they want her to come pick them up. These guys can't spell, for one thing, and they decide to carve it into a log for them to find in the woods. And so these college kids come across this log that's carved into it that says, we got your friend in all caps, and your and friend are both spelled wrong. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's definitely not the right way to communicate. No, I... Uh, Oh, so many, so many good gags in this, though. I'd love yeah. to hear yours. Okay. And I definitely think we should share our runners up this time around because there is a <laughs> lot of gold. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where do I start? So I'm going to pick three, like, throwaway lines that I thought were pretty funny. We've talked about, like, the big jokes, which is priming us to think that the rednecks are the bad guys. So I'm not going to go into that. There's a scene where Dale is trying to eloquently explain to Allie what has happened, right? And he's struggling to use he and I. He says like, <laughs> I and I and Tucker, I mean, me and Tucker, I mean, uh, he and I, like he struggles with it and he finally gets it right. He says, he <laughs> and I brung you here. <laughs> I just thought that was so good. <laughs> he spends so much time trying to get it right. It just is immediately negated with the word brung. Yes. Another throwaway line I loved was uh, at the end where I think Tucker is encouraging Dale to, you know, like, hey, take this, take her seriously. Like you guys, you guys should date. And he goes, she needs you because she keeps falling and knocking herself out. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because half the time it's Dale knocking her out, but <laughs> but she does. She keeps hitting her head. And then one last throwaway line that I thought was good. It was, I should have known that if a guy like me talked to a girl like you, someone would end up dead. <laughs> so extreme. It's so extreme. It also feels like a tagline for a movie, right? Yeah, definitely. It could have been the tagline for this movie. Yes. For sure. <laughs> I feel like that really goes uh, along with the kind of like rom-com type thing mm -hmm. too yeah totally for my runner-ups I <laughs> love when Tucker is like this is a suicide pact <laughs> and then Dale goes <laughs> oh my god that makes so much sense <laughs> yes because <laughs> I feel like that's something that you and I would do like we would just like have this like out there explanation like I feel like I would be like this is what's happening and then you would be like 
oh my god that's exactly what's happening <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> Kate's so smart she knows all this stuff <laughs> but I'm not that's <laughs> <is> the problem <laughs> yeah I love that I enjoyed the cop pullover gag in the beginning it's the like not pertinent to the plot or any like it never comes back it's just it's just like a really classic gag where it looks like you're giving the person next to you head in the car I think Dale leans over to what is he he's just getting something or trying to trying to pick something up yeah and he gets stuck and he's like his face is in his friend is in Tucker's crotch, right? And he can't get out. And eventually he like tears away and his shirt rips open and he's just this adorable like bear. Like (laughs) it's such a cute like (laughs) little scene. And neither they're totally oblivious about what this looks like. (laughs) They're just like they want to talk to the cop and move on. And they like there's all these this like leading comments to make the cop think, oh, they're just they're they're two gay guys going to enjoy their cabin (laughs) and like nothing comes of it but I just thought it was a a funny a funny way to show how clueless they are it's such a good opening gag too so we talked about how horrible the torture is where they caught up his fingers but when they deliver the fingers to Dale and Dale (laughs) opens up the package or whatever Dale goes oh my god they cut off his bowling fingers the horror I know like I don't think I would see fingers and like immediately think like the those bowling fingers my last runner up is Chad deciding that this is how it's gonna go down like we are taking out the hillbillies ourselves he takes uh I forget her name but he takes her phone and he smashes it he's like stop using it doesn't work he smashes it and says he's like the cops won't help like he's he's basically just like trapping them Mm -hmm. so that they have to face dale and tucker but he's like making the situation worse than it really is like he's saying it's worse than it really is and i just thought it was so funny when he takes the phone out of her hand and smashes it it's so (laughs) unnecessary i feel like i have like a million more but i I know you just gotta watch this movie it's so good yeah and there's great horror moments, too. There is. <laughs> yeah. You go first. <laughs> okay. So I loved at the beginning when the <laughs> sheriff pulls them over uh, right after the the blowjob misinterpretation. That the sheriff says, there's nothing up there but pain and suffering you can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he knows. He knows that it's cursed yeah. up there. And so it's it's so funny to me that Dale and Tucker get their ominous locals warning. Yes. But then they're the ominous locals to the to these uh college kids. So I just liked that we got that trope kind of into split in two ways. Mm-hmm. I thought it was genuinely surprising. Like it kind of jolted me when the guys are peeping on Allison and she slips and hits her head on the rock. Oh yeah. The first time I saw it, I thought that she was dead. And I was like, oh, they're going to think that these guys killed her. Yes. You know, I thought that it just sounded and looked so horrible that I thought it was genuinely, like, kind of surprising. Yeah, I agree. My last moment was, again, very surprising. Was not expecting this to happen. We did mention this earlier. But when that first kid gets impaled on the tree branch. <laughs> 
I yeah. I think because at this point Allison hadn't died when she hit her head. Right. I thought, okay, maybe they're gonna play it like people come close to dying. Or, yeah. you know, like we, up to this point, we don't know how gory it's going to get. We don't know how much death there's actually going to be. And they'd kind of pulled back from that with Allison's. And so for him to just like fully run through a tree branch <laughs> was so shocking. It was. It was. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's It's when you realize what this movie is. Mm-hmm. That's what's so shocking about it. Yeah. <laughs> What were yours? What were mine? We've talked about a couple of them. I will skip the thumb or the finger cutting of Tucker. That was that was probably going to be my top moment, but we covered it already. The house being on fire and Chad just losing his mind was scary. He's a loose cannon. He's a wild card. It is. It definitely gives you like, I felt like Michael Myers vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's yeah. like, I think at this point he's kind of beat up looking too. So he like looks yes. progressively scarier. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Tucker. <laughs> he's yes. just getting worse and worse. I think he's like got some fire damage also. Yeah. He gets burned. Right. He's yeah. like, um, he's nasty looking. It's, it's that half hillbilly coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His hillbilly gene is showing. <laughs> the flashback to the Memorial Day massacre is a horror element I mean it's Mm -hmm. it's a horrible thing that happened so I wrote that down as a top horror moment I like how it ultimately sets up the ironic twist for Chad but it starts off as like this horror story that's been passed down I love it I I totally think that college kids would rile themselves up with a story like that it's got the personal connection to Chad and then like the twist at the end with his dad actually being part of the <laughs> of the massacre. Yeah, I just think like it's a really good flashback. I had it on my list as a as a backup because I felt like th- there's so many elements in this movie that feel like it's calling back to other like good movies. Like this one felt a little Friday the 13th. To yes. Me. Yes. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Well, my number one moment and we haven't talked about it is when they are threatening the dog. I know. Remember? I can't believe <laughs> that they would even dare. I know. I was like, are they going to really hurt the dog in this movie? I don't know which way this movie is going to take this. It's, it's pretty nutty. So uh, that actually had me like stressed out watching that scene. Me too. I worry. I worry for that dog <laughs> every time I watch this. <laughs> I was like, that dog has been nothing but nice. How dare you, Chad? I know. This is just how you know that Chad is like actually a bad guy. <laughs> he is evil. <laughs> well, I highly recommend this movie. Me I think too. it's great. It's yeah. so good. This movie's great. It's such an easy watch. I think it's perfect for people who love horror movies but want to get something a little bit lighter. I think it has maybe a touch too much gore for people who don't like horror movies yeah but I think that if you like a horror movie and you want something that's like not super intense or super edge of your seat maybe you're trying to convince your partner to watch it on date night with you (laughs) this is probably a good one yeah if you like feel good horror this is the movie for you yes this season is like chock full of, of feel good horror and I feel like this is one of the top ones for sure definitely give it a watch 
and uh, we will catch you next week. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching.